0: This is The Drive-By with Freeway Frank. Episode 103 of The Drive-By, it's Freeway Frank. How you doing? This morning, yeah I say morning, last time I recorded it was late night, this morning this is what i sound in the morning (laughs) and uh yeah it's it's always still groggy it's uh i'm having an, an espresso that's the vibe this morning okay so again this means nothing on a podcast but i mention it so you know my vibe is it late night vibes you know how people post that on Instagram, their stories? Weekend vibes, Friday vibes, late night vibes, morning vibes. There's always a vibe. Well, that's the vibe here. I'm having an, an espresso. Nice espresso from my friend's dad's cafe. He got the beans and, uh, yeah, grinded the beans, did the whole uh, thing jig, and it's fantastic. So let's get right to this podcast. Elon Musk is... He, he's, he's, he's a goat. Whichever way you look at it, he's a beast. He's he's a warrior. And he's the ultimate troller. What he did in the last couple of hours, I was actually on Twitter when he posted. So I saw it right away. Reposted it. It was fantastic. It has liberals everywhere crying their liberal tears. They're freaking out. It's it's a meltdown. It's a liberal meltdown. You know, first of all, our prime minister, no, not my prime minister, uh, maybe yours, not my prime minister, probably not yours either, uh, not too happy that Twitter labeled CBC government-funded media. Well, what else are they, right? Elon posted, <laughs> he tweeted uh, this genius tweet that has everybody talking. And as I said, I posted it, Pretty much right away it's just hilarious and so the tweet 69 percent government funded media canadian broadcasting corporation said this is from elon they're less than 70 percent government funded so we we corrected the label so underneath he puts underneath the cbc handle he put 69 percent government funded media this had everybody freaky anybody on the left just fr- freaking going nuts i love him i love him When you have that, uh, right away I turned to my wife after and and said, you know, imagine having that kind of money. He's the richest man on the planet, richest person on the planet. And imagine having all that cash, having that FU money, where, you know, people are like, they don't get it. This is what some people, especially when you're a hardcore progressive liberal, you don't get it, what he's doing. He's messing with you, okay? Some called him... 12-year-olds like Pierre poliev and Elon Musk, you know, they're getting off in their room doing stuff like this, but it's it's bad. It's bad for Canada. It's bad for, for what they're doing to the CBC and institution. No, no, it's not. They're messing with everyone. And the fact that the conservative leader had the balls to write that and, and say it and he's had the guts to say it for the longest time, defund the CBC because what what is it there for? You ever wonder like, I wonder, where I used to work across the street, they built this new building for the CBC. It is massive. What the heck are they re- are they recording, doing in there? What? What is it that they need such a massive place with all those people working for what? For what? And then, if you remember, not that I want to go back and rehash things, but uh, you know what we've just gone through. And after all those years of going through what we've gone through, if you even put on the CBC for five minutes and have any ability... To critically think about any of the stories that they put on, and even for years, by the way, they haven't even done journalism since the days of Nolton Nash, since the days of Peter Mansbridge, who were true journalists. Well, maybe not towards the end of Peter Mansbridge and his reign on CBC, he started to go soft. But you know, when these guys came in, they were true journalists. That's what they were: the facts of the story. That's what journalists do. They ask both sides of the spectrum they balance their news story and they give as many facts as they can as i mentioned during the last little while what did you hear you only heard one side of the story you heard the cbc protecting justin trudeau if they had done things right and as a journalistic media outlet or anyone with journalistic integrity would do right if they were actually doing journalism in 2023 you give both sides of the story. You would put on people that well, wanted to talk about why it was important to have the uh, the freedom convoy, why it was important to question things that people didn't want to put into their body, why it was important that businesses were closed to stand up for yourself and they made the word freedom a bad word, okay? So this is what they did. They editorialized on the evening news. Okay? So I don't care that this prestigious government institution that's been around forever, they're not doing it right anymore, okay? And this is not 1935, 1923, when all they did was report the facts. Well, don't forget, it was the conservatives who started the CBC. Don't forget, it was Stephen Harper who did the... That's not the point. The point is, back when this was happening, they were telling the story. Now they tell one side of the story, and if you're not a part of that story... Then you're against what the Prime Minister is trying to do. Then you're against Canada. They're not a democracy anymore. They're the messenger for what the government wants. So we've always known this. Billions were given over the years. Billions and billions of dollars to the CBC. But then they did a story this morning about uh, Justin Trudeau. Uh, So I was actually, I was like, oh, okay, surprising. What a shocker. They did a story about Justin Trudeau. The Trudeau family vacation with wealthy friends. You know when he went on that Jamaica trip? that I kept trolling him about and bugging him about? Well, yeah. Well, now we know that uh, he vacationed there with his wealthy friends who donated to the to his father's foundation. So that trip, that Jamaica trip that happened over Christmas and New Year's, uh, cost us, taxpayers, $160,000 for security and staff. Now, I don't know if they reported that right away today because they're trying to show that they're balanced and they, they don't necessarily just spread the liberal message. But Here's what it comes down to here. The CBC, we know, has always been, this is not a shocker, okay? It is, is a government, it's a crowd, CBC, Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. So this is not a shocker. So to get that, even in NPR in the United States, you know, they, they took a pause, they left Twitter, so CBC decided to do the, sa- the same thing, leave Twitter, because they're all, you know, choked up, they're all offended, they're all big babies, they're all uh, playing, that's what they do. They play the, the, the victim, okay? So they're the victim here. But maybe they should reassess their news organization and what they're doing and how they do it and how they bring news to the Canadian people because uh, not everybody in the country is left-wing. Now more than ever, we see it because of social media. There, there are people from all walks of life, and we live in a very diverse country with two main languages. And Canada is a beautiful country, but from province to province, it's not the same. You know, geographically, you go from Vancouver all the way to the Maritimes and back across it in the middle and up and down. Wow. Talk about just nothing in common. You know, maybe the uh, prairies have uh, whatever they have in common with, with whatever they have in common. Alberta and, and Saskatchewan and Manitoba have more in common, right? And then BC has more in common with... Let's be honest. Washington State, with Seattle and Portland and Oregon, and Ontario is more like Quebec and all the middle uh, ground states from you know Ohio, Michigan, all that New York State. That's makes more sense. And then, and uh, the Maritimes, you, you take all the the fishing communities of uh, you know Massachusetts and Maine and, and and New Hampshire, Vermont has more in common with the Maritimes. Let's say right that area, New England. So. It's a, it's a very different place with very different people and different political views. It might have been Justin Trudeau's hope when he started as the Prime Minister of Canada that he would bring all Canadians together. But, but it's, it, that is hard to do when people think differently. But it's easy to do when you're a true leader and you accept people who don't think like you and might not have the same opinion as you. And he made it very clear, if you're not with us, you're against us, right? Right. I mean, I remember, Don Cherry was cancelled for saying those people or these people, whatever he said. Just the other day, the Prime Minister of Canada said these people, those people. He said that. He was labeling certain Canadians, these people, putting them into that that category again, right? When he did this, the same way he did during the last few years when he was saying, you know, these are the people that are most probably misogynist, racist, uh, whatever, right? This is what he does. He divides people. He's the king of dividing people. Think about, this is what I want you to think about. As a fellow Canadian, because I'm not better than you, you're not better than me, we're the same. We're Canadian, or we're all Canadian. Think about how he's, what has happened under this guy in the last nine years? Eight, nine years, I don't even know. By the time he gets out, who knows? What has happened? How divided has this country become? I really, I'm convinced it was always divided and with social media and with prime ministers like him you know being uh, very active on social media more than ever i guess he's gotten opposition and trolls and people have opposition now because they see it in real time right so back in the day it wasn't the same people were maybe one or two people told you off in person but it wasn't like people were telling you off on a forum where everyone sees you being told off by people social media but it's just, it, to me, it's unfathomable where Canada is today. I, I just can't believe it. I truly believe that that Trudeau lit the firecracker, okay? He lit the firework. He lit the match that, that just, you know, started all this because of the things he talks about, how polarizing he is. Like when you make a statement like he made, A couple of weeks ago on international women's day and and he says let me be clear and there's anger in his voice let me be clear we will always fight for women's rights which yeah that's true that's good but let me be clear trans women are women when the prime minister comes out and says that on on international women's day there's no going back we know the type of guy this guy is right follow his twitter every single day And he's somewhere new in another community wishing another like he's Mr. All Parades, costumes and and wardrobe. I'm gonna wear this today, I'm gonna go in this the communities. This guy is the biggest faker, the biggest scammer we've ever had. He's not he's not even hiding it now, right? Not even he goes to to Jamaica on that trip that I just mentioned. He's not even hiding it. He's bought and paid for. What we've become now in Canada is a speck. Of what we used to be, honestly, it's like we're, we're not our, our our former selves. People say, you know, you're lucky to be here. This, of course, we're lucky to be here. It's a great, the best countries in the world. But what he's done to it, damage. He's damaged the brand. He's damaged it. Sometimes a prime minister needs to STFU, be unobtrusive, and be the CEO of Canada. Run it, you know, run it as a business. That's what Stephen Harper did. He didn't bring up a lot of things because he knew once he started to bring up certain things, some of his values, some of the things he believed in, he'd get himself into trouble. So he never went down that road because at the end, who gives a shit? Even Justin Trudeau's dad, Pierre Trudeau, used to say, whatever people do in their bedrooms, in their in their private space, is their business. Justin Trudeau brings all that to the surface, right? Everything is, in, is, is there and exposed in the front. There's no privacy anymore. So he's like... He, he's not the CEO. I mean, this guy was a drama teacher, assistant drama teacher. He's not the CEO of the country. He's not running the business of Canada. He's he's the gossiper, the meddler, a- annoying guy that you remember back in, in high school that you wanted to punch in the face, but you couldn't. You just want to, uh, well, you know, but you can't do that, of course you get what i'm saying and then the people that still support him to me <laughs> i don't know i just don't know anymore okay i'm not saying you gotta like Pierre Polyev or you gotta like uh, the jagster or you gotta like any of these politicians because at the end of the day they're politicians but some of these people still taking selfies with him, the younger generation. Sometimes you see these attractive women. taking. And I'm just shaking my head going, do they not understand politics? Do they not understand what he did, what he has done, what he continues to do? Elon Musk doing this to me is great, right? When you have an American billionaire who doesn't give a shit and does stuff like this, and it just brings it to the forefront. It just, it, it just highlights. Everything that we've been talking about. And it just, it's a meltdown. It's, it melts this side of the political spectrum, which I love to see. Because they can't handle it. They can't handle any kind of opposition. They can't handle it. Even when they're in a question period in, in Parliament. You ever see liberals debating uh, the conservatives? The conservatives are like, bam, 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 right? And then the liberals, they just, it's meltdown. It's like hissy fits everywhere. They can't take it. They're weak. They're very weak. This is not the liberal party of the past. I'm telling you, it's not. Liberals were pretty strong in the past and determined. This guy is uh, Mr. Hissy Play the victim. Let people uh, feel bad for you. And it's that nine-year-old kid mentality crying to mom and dad, but he's crying to the nation and trying to get whoever still thinks this guy is doing a good job, have some kind of compassion for him and still vote for him. That's what it's come down to. Well, I, I went longer than I thought I was going to go on uh, Justin. It's been a while. But, hey, did you see Bud Light? Uh, Bud Light has terminated that promotion they had with Dylan uh, Mulvaney. Dylan, who I brought up several times, uh, the transgender influencer. And anyway, now they stopped. They're not working with uh, this influencer anymore because uh, their share has uh, plummeted. What, $5, 6000000000 billion? And you've seen the stories on Bud Light. And the shelves being full of their beer. And all the other beers out. Because now everyone's drinking all the other beer. But now, first of all, Bud Light has always had. What a pissy, pissy beer. Horrible. Uh, maybe you like that. But I've always, I remember telling my friends in Toronto. They'd all drink uh, Bud Light, Budweiser, Coors. Sometimes you have no choice. You're at a sporting event. It's the only beer. You got to drink it. I never liked it. I like micro beers. I'm a big beer guy. I've never liked it. To me, this is piss it's piss water uh, look they could have endorsed had somebody endorsing their beer that was an american hero that's what bud light is all about budweiser course that's what it's all about whether you like the beer or not instead they got this guy dylan Mulvay. they couldn't get a worse and what were they thinking anyway remember which president said you go woke you go broke whether you like him or not he's been right on target when it's come to that and now look Bud Light, pulling back. There's no choice. And let's go to a couple of uh, topics that I wanted to mention really briefly on this podcast that I think is important. I saw this study that came out that says saying goodbye. You know when you go to a party or when you go somewhere where there's a lot of people and you have to say goodbye at the end? Now, you were raised, I'm sure, by parents. Maybe not everyone. But I was raised by parents. You, you say goodbye to people, right? When people come into your home, you say Hello. When people leave, you come down, you stop what you're doing, you stop playing, you say goodbye. So this is something that's almost ingrained in your head or in the minds of some, including myself. However, I saw this study that says you save two whole days of your life every year, two whole days, 48 hours, when you just leave and you don't, you know, you just find the exit and leave. And I remember I knew people who did this in the past. And I labeled them mostly manja cakes. <laughs> but it was true. I mean, like I was brought up like, you know, Italians, we, we say goodbye. Then we say goodbye again. Then we have the coffee. Then we say goodbye. Then we're on the steps leading to the car. We say goodbye. Then we're in the car. The windows come down. We're still saying goodbye. It's the never-ending goodbye. But for more like Canadian people, meaning raised by Canadians, and I'm Canadian myself, so I'm not, you know, I get, but I'm influenced I'm European, I'm Italian, those are my roots. Uh, but uh, Canadians, they, they they don't do this. And that's what I, rec- I, I really figured it out, living in Calgary, especially living in uh, Alberta, even though people are friendly, uh, living in, uh, uh, Ontario is the worst for this, okay? And it's like nobody said goodbye. People would just disappear, disappearing act. Uh, but now I get it. I finally get it and I agree with those people because when you go somewhere, And you walk in and you have to say hello to 30 or 40 people or everyone you know. Now at the end of the night, what, you got to go through a line? 50, 60 people to say goodbye to everybody else? Now you're probably thinking, well, heck, you know that many people? 50, 60 people, 70 people? No, you don't know everybody, but you're trying to be polite. And sometimes when you go to a party, it could be a mixture of family members and, and friends. And it's never ending. So I think now, because again, as you get older, you realize things and you don't have your patience that, that you used to have. Okay. So and now you have to say bye to everybody. No, you don't have to say bye to everybody. If you go to somebody's house, you say goodbye to the hosts and then you say goodbye to a couple of people that you're there with. And then you, 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 you know, you, you bolt, to, but, but you, you do it very nonchalantly, bolt towards the exit or towards the back gate or whatever. And you leave. Right. Or else it's going to take you another half hour or 45 minutes or an hour. And that's where that study comes in. Two days, of, two days of your life every year saying goodbye to say goodbye to these people. Some people that you literally just said hello to. And now you have to say goodbye to a few hours later and you haven't seen them in a year or six months, whatever the case is. So, and then there's the people that have no, have another drink. That's the problem. Right. So have another drink, have dessert, have this. No, come here. Come. I want it. And then you can never leave. I get it. You shouldn't be offended by people who do this. If somebody comes to your house and they bolt without saying goodbye, you should be offended, especially if you were the host. That's completely different. But if you go to a party and somebody disappears and they didn't say goodbye, get over it, just like the liberals should. Get over it. Stop it with the hissy fits and playing the victim. And he didn't say bye to me. She didn't say bye to me. She's nasty. She's like, she's not like you. You want to say bye to everybody? Say bye to everybody. They don't want to say bye to you. I thought when I got my dog 12 years ago that my dog would sleep. It's funny how when you first get an animal to when you've had the animal for years or as the animal starts to become, obviously, part of your pact, your family, the things you, you let it do, right? You, you, you let it take over, basically. That's what it comes down to. I thought, and I always said to myself, because we didn't have pets growing up, and I always said that my dog would never sleep on the bed with us. And we started with its crate and crating the dog. You know, people are I'm going to crate it. And this is, my dog is very well trained, by the way. My dog's a good boy. He's awesome. We, I think I'm proud of, we've done a good job with him. He's a very stable dog. You know what they say? I remember reading all the Cesar Milan books and watching the the videos and then having him on my radio show back in the day and, and really wanting to learn, right? Because there is a method that I remember them saying that your dog is... Pretty much the energy your dog gives out is the energy that you have in your home. So as a reflection of its owners, right? So, and it's true. It really is. If you're calm and if your dog respects you, then your dog will respect everyone. But if you're, your dog doesn't even respect you, the packed leader, how's it going to respect everybody else? Anyway, besides all that, right? And then you have this, this furry creature, this, this, this beautiful animal And you're like, it's never going to sleep on the bed with us. And then it jumps on the bed once, and you allow it to happen. Next thing you know, 12 years later, the dog is always coming to bed with you. Now, we have a rule. He doesn't sleep under the covers with us. He doesn't sleep over our covers. We put another cover, sometimes two, right? He has like a fuzzy blanket. And he sleeps inside that blanket, on top of our blanket. But he's always with us, and he always has been for the last 12 years and we've tried well my wife a little less me a little more in the beginning especially we tried you know putting his his nest bed his cushion on the side of the bed having one here having one there and he'll use all those beds all those spots during the day but at night and whenever he knows it's bedtime he wants to be with us And right in the middle. And I know a lot of people have this problem. (laughs) It might not necessarily be a problem. And sometimes it's at the foot of the bed. If you have a bigger dog. I can't imagine doing this. My dog is 12 pounds. But I can't imagine doing this with a big dog. right? And, And all the space a big dog would take. But I get it. 100%. After all these years. I get it now. And there's nothing you could do. There is nothing you could do. If somehow you have managed to keep your dog off your bed. Well I commend you because my dog is very well-trained, incredible, but that's one thing that just we couldn't get him to do at some point. Even during the middle of the night, he would end up on our bed. So we gave up many, many years ago. That's the only thing, if you're going to look at us as bad pet owners, in the bad pet category, that's the only thing that's checked, meaning bad pet owners category. That's the only thing we checked off, because everything else we've done by the book. And what you should do as a pet owner. Listening to this right now, if you're listening and, and you know exactly what I'm talking about and your pet sleeps on your bed, enjoy. And if you have a a, a puppy or a pet you just recently got, that's a, that's going to be a long time of that pet being <laughs> in your space, which becomes their space and on your bed for a long, long time. But I wouldn't change anything. I love My dog, Enzo. Thank you so much for listening to episode 103 of the Drive-By Podcast. I'll be back with Thursday's edition. You could five-star this podcast, please do, on Spotify. Or review or comment on Apple or check out any of the past episodes, including the last episode that I had video for, which was episode 100, is available on YouTube for you to actually see. It's freeway for now. The Drive-By with Freeway Frank.